our mantra, so to say, with spirit life is pursuing life in his presence. I believe that we're kind of that, you know, with that Joshua generation where Joshua lingered in, in God's presence. And we need that. We need to be able to linger and be okay with lingering in his presence. You know, sometimes we go in and we just speak and we're filling up uh, the room with just our own words. And, and man, we need, we need the rooms that we go into to be with the Lord to be filled up with his presence. We need to hear what he's saying. And it's exciting because God created the eyes to see and he created the ears to hear. And he'll help you to see and he'll help you to hear what he's saying to you personally. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, today is our last uh, teaching on a series entitled Hope Rising. We started this on Easter Sunday. We've learned a lot of awesome things uh, over this series. One of the things is that hope never dies. It's, an, it's eternal. It, it never dies. Another thing that we learned that hope is stronger than despair. No matter how much we get into a situation where it seems to be despairing or hopeless, Hope is stronger. Even the psalmist David said, I would have despaired unless I believed, unless I hoped that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And that's where we are right now. And then last week, we, we talked about really, really about how hope floats because, you know, God is the God of hope and he, and he wants to fill us with joy and peace in believing so that we can abound in hope. And we learned that hope is, is light. It's meant to float. And whenever we put our hope and our trust and our reliance upon Jesus Christ and all those elements that seem to be so heavy around us, he helps us to rise above those things in his power because he's the God of hope. So we want to continue on today. And if you're taking notes, um, uh, the title of the message is The Reality of Hope, The Reality of Hope. And I wanted to start out with a story. I don't know if you've ever um, heard of the story of uh, the Firebird. It's actually um, a Russian folklore, and I and I I know you know stories change over a, t a period of time and going down. The version that I hear is the one I'm going to tell you. And uh, a Firebird was just a it was an, an orange Oriole, and just brightly colors. And and Firebird loved to be in the sun. Just loved to bask in the sun to feel the warmth of the sun upon his wings and his body and just flying around. But he didn't like the storms. He didn't like the storms in life. He didn't like the rain. He didn't like when the sun went away. And when he was really young, he asked his mom, he said, Mama, why does God allow the storm to take the sun away? And Mama said, uh, you'll know one day, Firebird, when you, when you walk in the clouds, but it's something you're going to have to do on your own. And some time went by, and of course the sunshine and the rain came because that's what's needed. You know, we need rain and uh, things like that. But uh, it really got stirred up inside of him. And Firebird, you know, he had to get the answer. You know, he just he just felt like when the storm came that God took the sunshine away. So one day he decided that he was going to go. He, he decided to fly into the storm, and it was raining, and it was lightning, and it was thundering, and he just kept pushing and kept pushing his feathers and going forward and flapping his wings. And just when he was about to give up, felt like going back. He felt like there was just hopeless. He broke through the clouds and he saw that the sun was there all the time. It was always there. Totally changed his perspective because now when the storms of life came, it didn't bother him anymore because he knew that the sun was always there, even when you couldn't feel it, even when you couldn't see it. It was there, and it changed his perspective in the storm. You know, hope is always there, even when we can't see it at times, even when we can't feel it at times. 
hope is always there. And, you know, over this last season of time, especially these last two or three weeks, um, this phrase has been coming, it's, it's a scripture, um, been going through my spirit, just rolling around, and it, it's this, I am a God who is near and not far away. God is the God who is near. He's not far away. He's so close to us. I mean, he's so close to us. Sometimes we feel like we walk away from him. Maybe you're listening this morning. Maybe you have a great relationship with the Lord. Maybe you have a kind of a fractured relationship with the Lord. Maybe you don't even have a relationship with the Lord, but you find yourself watching this this morning, and God is, is offering hope to you through his son, Jesus. It's always right there. He's always right there. No matter how far we feel like we've gone away from God, the moment that we turn to him, he's right there. He's right there. It could, we could have walked away from God for what it seemed to be years, and we feel like when we turn around, we have to take years to get back. No, we just have to turn around, and he's right there to embrace us. He's the God who is near and not far away. And I read this yesterday in my daily devotion, just God really you know, bringing confirmation to that again. In Psalms 46.1, it says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He's present in real time for us. Isn't that awesome? So I'm going to be looking at a couple different scriptures here. If you have your Bible and you're taking notes, um, you can turn to Colossians chapter 1. But I want to give you three points this morning that I want you just to really to get down in your heart. I want to stick with you and help you through this time and understanding that hope never dies. It's always right there. It'll help lift you above your circumstances. God wants you to understand the reality, the true reality of hope. And the first point is this, that hope has a message. Hope has a message. Say it with me. Hope has a message. Actually, hope is the message. <laughs> hope is the message. And uh, Colossians 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse number 25 through 27, I'm going to read this. This is the Apostle Paul. And he says this, God has given me, Apostle Paul, the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. I like that. Not just some, but the entire message to you. This message was kept secret, or really, it, it was a mystery for centuries and for generations past. But now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted us to know the, that the riches and the glory of Christ are for everyone, the Jews and the Gentiles alike. And just in case you wonder the Jews and the Gentiles, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. <laughs> so we're all in that together. So this message was hidden for generations and centuries. It was a mystery. It was a secret, but God revealed it to his people. So that he wanted us to know the riches and the glory of Christ is for everyone. And it goes on to say this, and this is the secret, or this is the mystery. Christ lives in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you're a Christian, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, Christ lives in you. Hope is in you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you'll have an opportunity today so that you can have that hope within you. It's so close. It's the reality of how close hope really is. Just like using that story of, of Firebird. 
Even when you're going through things and it seems like things are so far away, hope is right there. You just trust, you believe. God is so close to you. You know, from creation to recreation, we were designed to reflect the nature of God. From creation to recreation, God created human beings to reflect his glory, to reflect his nature, his image, for us to be like, like him. He wanted us to fellowship with him. And then sin entered the world through disobedience. Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. They disobeyed and sin entered the world and brought that separation. And right at the moment that the separation was brought, God already had a plan to bring us back through him, through Jesus Christ. That's the recreation, to bring us back to that hope. And you see it all through scripture. You know, sometimes you think about um, like vehicles or, or maybe some equipment, stuff like that, that has a recall. Uh, you know, maybe you have a vehicle that you got something in the mail from the, from the dealer or from the manufacturer. It says, hey, there's a recall on this. We found this. And you take it in and you get that thing made like it was supposed to be. Well, God don't make any mistakes. Sin, sin is what happened. Disobedience was the mistake. And sin entered the world. But God did a recall, so to say, through Jesus to get us back so he could make us again the way that he wanted us to be from the very beginning, to be able to fellowship with him. And there's some things that he says that through the scriptures as you read through, I love the Bible. I hope you just get a desire and a hunger to get into the word. Man, the word of God is so good. But he, God reveals this through scripture. And uh, in Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Isaiah, it talks about this new covenant that God was going to make. He said, I'm going to make a new covenant. He says, and I'm, I'm going to be your God. You're going to be my people. And this is what he said in Ezekiel. He said, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit. He goes on to say, I'll give you a heart of flesh. It's hard to think, but, you know, we can be hard-hearted sometimes. And it really takes God's spirit, a revelation of who God is, to help make our heart flesh again to be able to receive from him. He'll give us a heart of flesh. He said, I will put my spirit in you, and you will come to life. Man, that's powerful. When God puts his spirit in us, we come to life. Actually, in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, it says, The one who joins himself to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. You're a, you're a three-part being. You are a spirit. You possess a soul, but you live in a physical body. When Christ comes to live in, in, in someone's heart, when they believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that, he's, that he is God, that he died for our sins, that he is the sacrifice, when we believe that by faith, a miraculous thing takes place. Jesus comes to live on the inside of us by the power of his spirit. He says, I'll put a new spirit within you, and you will come to life. And man, it, it can't be mistaken. The Bible says old things pass away, all things become new. Hope has a message, and the message is this. God wants Christ to be in you, the hope of glory. The second point is this. Hope has a mission. Hope has a mission. There's a destination to reach. You know, Paul said in Galatians 4, uh, 19, he said, my children, speaking to the church there, those disciples that were there. My children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains again for you. And they will continue until Christ is formed or fully developed in your life. Hope has a mission. Hope has a name. It's Jesus. That's the message. Christ in you. 
But you know what? There's a lot of Christians out there that Christ is on the inside, but we're still not living the way that Christ wants us to live. We have got to allow him to be formed in our lives. We become born again in our spirit, but we still have to walk out this salvation, as Paul would say, with fear and trembling in our souls, our mind, our will, and our emotions, and resisting the dictates of our, our own sinful flesh that wants to do things and take us away from God. That's developed. It takes, it takes time. There's a forming that takes place. You know, the first thing that happened here is that, that uh, Paul said, you know, I'm in, I feel like I'm in labor pains again for you. That first labor pain was he was praying for them to be able to receive salvation in Jesus. And then there's another laboring. First coming into the body of Christ through God's spirit coming to live on the inside of you. And then Christ's nature, his, his uh, uh, image and who he is being developed in you in your daily life. He said it's going to continue until Christ is formed and fully developed in your life. We kind of see a picture of some of this development uh, in Romans chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. It says this, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have also obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exalt in the hope of the glory of God. I want to stop just for a second because, you know, the, the word glory has been um, defined many different ways. And there is a weightiness to glory. There's a weightiness to God's anointing. But also, you know, God revealed this himself whenever he revealed himself to um, Moses. When Moses said, God, show me your glory. God's response to what his glory was, I will show you my goodness, my goodness, my nature. I'll let you see who I am because the nature of God really is the glory of God. And it's so weighty that it brings a transformation in our lives. And Paul said, we hope, we exalt in the hope of the glory of God. We also exalt in our tribulations. And how could we exalt in our tribulations? How could we exalt in hard times and we, when we don't understand or like, or like Firebird, when we, when we think, God, why would, why would he do this or why would he do that? Why would he take this away? He says, we exalt in our tribulations also knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, endurance, steadfastness, and perseverance, proven character. That proven character is the character God Almighty being proved in our lives. And proven character, hope. Remember, we learned that hope is not like the, uh, the worldly version of hope. I'm just a wishing and a praying. I, I'm hoping it will happen, but I'm not really sure. No, Bible hope is confident expectation. Confident expectation that God will bring about what he said he's going to do. God can use a tribulation. God can use a time where right now where we feel like we're locked up or whatever, in that time of perseverance and endurance, God can use that to help build his character and his nature in you, the hope of glory, not only for future, but also for this present time. Proven character, hope. I love this verse number five. And hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. Didn't say that you won't be disappointed in life, but it says hope does not disappoint. You know, we're, we're subject to our own perspective. 
it's hard to see things at times. It's hard to see. Just like Firebird, it was hard for him to see on the ground in the storm that the sun was always still there. It's hard for us to see sometimes when we're on the ground, we're connected to this flesh. Sometimes we feel so far away from God. But God is right there and hope does not disappoint. As we put our trust and reliance upon him, he will make a way where there seems to be no way. If there's a wall, God will either help you climb that wall, go around that wall, dig under that wall, or he'll get rid of that wall. But he will make a way. That's the hope that we place in him. Hope does not disappoint. Why? Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given us. And I, I love this. Years ago, the Lord said this to me when reading this scripture. As I was reading this scripture, the Lord spoke this in my heart. He said, there is no hopelessness in Christ. There's no hopelessness in Christ. There's only hopefulness. So we put our trust in him. It's like we talked about last week, man. Hope, you get those elements of Christ and his nature and that righteousness, that peace and that joy in the Holy Spirit. You get that in it. That will, any, anything that would try to wait and hold you down when the skies seem like brass, it seems like you're tethered to the ground, hope will cause you to float and you'll be able to see just like Firebird. It's always right there. You won't be disappointed. Amen. I remember during kind of this, like, kind of going through this process in my own life because, you know, um, when we're going through storms and, and we, know that we, we know that we've been saved, we've had that witness of, of God coming to live on the inside of us, and, and uh, we know that we've been changed, but there's still that transformation. There's that forming that Paul was talking about where we know that we're born again in our spirit, but we're having to walk out those things in our, in our natural life. And some of those things, it is tough at times. And I remember one day, I was, I was living in Florida at the time, I was a surveyor, and I was coming home, and I was going through the growing pains. That's, that's just what they are, they're growing pains. And I did not see the character or um, the image of God in my own life like I could see it in my spirit, if you understand. I could see those things in my spirit. I could see that they were available to me, but I could not see them manifesting in my life. But I had the desire, the Spirit of God in my spirit. It's like the Bible says, the Spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. I knew I was a child of God, but I was struggling as I was growing. I wanted to be more than what I felt at the moment. And I remember a song, maybe if anybody out there, if you know DC Talk back in the day, just go whoop, whoop, DC Talk. And uh, they had a song, this was back in the 90s, and I remember the song that said, um, I want to be in the light as you are in the light. And that day was a tough day for me. Um, I don't remember anything necessarily in the natural, just in a spiritual growth aspect. And I remember coming home, we were living in our first apartment, me and Natasha, and I pulled in and I sat out there and this song was on. And I just, I, I wanted to be in the light. I, I sensed darkness around me. And things just kind of trying to hold me back. But I knew that the Spirit of God was saying, hey, these things are for you. And I just began to cry. And it was at that moment I felt God's, just his, his pleasure over my life, his presence in that vehicle with me that day. Because he was saying, hey, we're going to get there. There is a process. There is a perseverance. There is tribulation that we have to go through. But it brings about proven character. And proven character always leads us to hope. Like Firebird, whenever we 
finally see it, no matter what we're walking through, we can say, I know that he's always right there. Son of God is always right there for me. So hope has a message. Hope has a mission. And the last thing is hope is an option. It's an option. It's something you have to experience for yourself, just like Firebird. You know, there's things, and I've done as we, as we you know, talk with people, as we pray with other people and, and give spiritual guidance, uh, there's one thing that we cannot do for one another. We can encourage one another. We can lift one another up. We can pray for one another, but we can't live for one another. You have to stand in your own faith. I can help you. Somebody else can help you. I've, I've leaned on other people in times whenever I felt weakened in faith to be able to them to help support in that moment. But we are never meant to live off of someone else's faith. We're meant to live off the faith that God has given to us. And God has given to every single person alive a measure of his very own faith. And that faith is meant to grow. And it grows through tribulation. It grows through perseverance. It grows into a beautiful character of God in us as we continue to hope. But you have to do that on your own. You have to believe on your own. When everything seems hopeless, out of your own mouth, you have to say, no, there is no hopelessness in Christ. I refuse to believe that this is a hopeless situation because my God is more than enough. Only you can do that. I guarantee you this, when you begin to speak out of your mouth your confession in Jesus Christ and you begin to put your trust and your reliance upon him, his nature will grow in your life and you'll find yourself floating above the circumstances that you're in. You'll see, hey, I am floating. I am rising. I am becoming more like Jesus. Amen. So I want to give you one last scripture here. It's in Colossians chapter three. Hope is an option. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 15, it says this, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And then he goes on and says, and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Be thankful. Let the peace of Christ, that's really the nature of Christ. Let, let Christ's nature, if you're a believer, his nature is in you. If you're not a believer, you can have his nature today. By believing in him, confessing your sin and, and turning your life to him. He'll come and live on the inside of you. He'll give you his nature and allow you to grow in him. Let it. You have to let the peace. You have to let the nature of Christ rule in your heart. That word rule means really means to act like an umpire. You, you have to let Christ's nature call the shots in your life. We have two natures. If you're a born-again believer, you've got, you've got that born-again nature, and then you've got your fleshly nature, and they are at battle with one another, and they will continue to be at battle with one another. But the more you lean over to trust and reliance upon God and lean over to your born-again uh, uh, spirit and Christ living on the inside of you, the stronger you will become over your fleshly nature. And those things that seem to be hard for you at one time, you'll have a greater victory over that. And it will no longer, it's not like it's going to stop, but you'll be like, oh no, we've dealt with you, I push you aside. Because you're leaning into God's nature within. Then the scripture goes on and says, and let the message 
of Christ grow in you richly. And again, it says, with thankful hearts. There's a tagging on to the end there, you know, be thankful in your hearts and, and, uh, and with a thankful heart. Let the peace of the nature of Christ rule in your heart. Let the message, the full reality, as Paul said in the beginning, I, I, I'm, I'm responsible to give you the entire, the full message that Christ wants to come and live on the inside of you. And he is the hope of glory. He is near. He is not far away. Amen. You know, a thankful heart is such a key to that because a thankful heart uh, and it enables you to see the reality of how close God really is. A thankful heart enables you to see the reality of how close God really is. And the reality is that hope is knocking on your door every day. In fact, hope is knocking on your door right now. Hope's knocking on your door right now. There's a scripture in, in uh, uh, Revelations chapter 3, verse number 20. And uh, Jesus said, behold, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. And if your heart is open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come in and I'll feast with you and you with me. Now, this is a beautiful thing. I, I never really studied this part out before, but I saw this this week whenever I was studying this out. But in Jewish tradition, it was custom for the bridegroom and his father to come to the door of the bride and knock on the door. And they would have the betrothal cup of wine, kind of for their covenant, and he would have, the father would have the really the price of the bride that he would give to her father, the price of the bride. And uh, if she opened the door and she took the cup, then she was saying, yes, I'll be your bride. And if she didn't, then she was refusing to be the bride. You know, God the Father is coming to you right now, the door of your heart with his son, Jesus. He's knocking on your door. Hope is knocking on your door. He's asking you, if you allow the full message, if you're a believer, let the full message of who Christ is go deep in your heart. Let it grow. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he's knocking on your door and saying, will you come? Will you let me be part of your life. Let me be in your life. Let me rule your life. Let me show you things that you could never see. Let me take away your guilt, your sin, your shame. If that's you this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, right now, maybe your heart, you can just feel kind of like a, not a heaviness in a bad way, but just like you feel a movement upon your own heart because God's speaking to you right now. He's speaking to you. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you will be saved. And when you believe it and you confess that, you know the change because his spirit comes to live on the inside of you. If you would like that today, you want to surrender your life to the Lord. And I know this is no easy task. It's not just adding Jesus. It's letting Jesus be Lord of our lives. I've never regretted letting Jesus be Lord of my life. It's been almost 25 years. This gets better every day, like the old song. It just gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Would you pray this prayer with me? If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or you have known him one time, and you want to give your life back to him today, you're opening that door to him today. Would you pray this with me? Father God, I come to you today, and I confess that I've sinned against you. And I acknowledge that you are Lord. 
that you came in the flesh, that you lived a perfect life, that you died on the cross for me. You, Jesus, died for me. You were the price it took to bring me back to God, my Father, and to clean me from all my sin. I receive you, Jesus, into my life. I receive you, Jesus. Come in. Live with me. Dine with me. Reveal more of yourself to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, uh, there'll be a link either at the top of this thing or they'll put it in the feed. It says, welcome and respond. That respond part, you go in there. If you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, it's important to tell somebody. We would love to be the first ones uh, to be able to reach out to you. You can just do it. It's a brief, brief little uh, card. You can fill that out. We'd love to be able to contact with you and help you on this journey. It's an exciting and beautiful journey, and you need to be part of a family to be able to help you along the way. And if you're, if you're here and, and, and uh, you're saying, you know, I just need, maybe you're not hearing the message of Hope Right, or maybe you've lost the mission that you're to grow in Christ. Maybe that's you today. You're a believer, but you're, you're missing the entire message. God is not far away. He's here. He wants you to become more like him. And he's, he hasn't stopped working. I'm confident in this, just like Paul said, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it and finish it to the day of Christ Jesus. I want to pray for you. If that's you, just lift up your hands where you are. Father God, I just thank you right now for every believer who may be struggling in their faith right now in the name of Jesus. That they, as you remind them, Holy Spirit, that's one of the one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit to remind you of all that Jesus has spoken over you. That there is hope. That we are going to get through this. That God is with you. He's not far away. He hasn't taken things away from you. He is right there. The most important thing, He is your treasure. Father, and I thank you for helping them right now as they persevere. Lord God, as you're building your character in them, in Jesus' name. Father, we just thank you for it right now. We give you glory and we give you praise in the Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, we love you guys. You can go ahead and share this with maybe some other friends or family. Um, if you feel like they need this message today or in this time to be able to encourage them. You can go back to um, also uh, on, on our Facebook feed or even on spirit-life.org and get different messages that we have uh, that we've had throughout the last season of time. Um, if you need to get filled up and just and that's another different resource there. But we love you guys. Be blessed. Um, enjoy your afternoon. Call somebody. Pray for somebody. Reach out to somebody. Okay, God, God has filled you with Himself so that you could go out and let other people know how good He really is. Amen. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.